This is the Golf Channel Podcast, Masters Week Edition. I'm George Savarikis with a couple of my pals, GolfChannel.com's Will Gray, Golf Channel Analyst Trip Eisenhower. Guys, a lot of storylines to get to as we get ready for the 81st edition, a special week at Augusta. First, out of the gates, just what you're most looking forward to this week, Will. For me, it's Jordan Spieth, and it's all of his issues, let's say, uh, with the 12th hole. Coming back after what he went through last year, and even just trying to continue this four-run streak now of, of top two finishes. I was fascinated by what he had to say last week in Houston about the notion that he strikes fear into other players when it comes to Augusta National. And so for me, you know, Danny Willett is the defending champ, Dustin Johnson, a clear world number one, but Jordan Spieth is the most interesting storyline right now. Well, I, I think that what it is for me is we, we've got the top players in the game, the top players in the world, all playing solid golf and all of them capable in different ways of taking this championship and running away with it. Uh, it probably won't happen. It never seems to happen when, when you've got so many guys on form coming in. Uh, the other thing for me is the forecast. And, and I think we've got to eliminate some players that you might be looking at otherwise based on the winds gusting to 25, 30 miles an hour. If the forecast holds true, mm -hmm. it's going to be cold. The first-timers are going to have a hard time with that because uh, those gusty winds and how they swirl down through uh, Ray's Creek and the tributary to Ray's Creek on 13, uh, it can really affect your golf ball in a lot of different ways. And if you haven't experienced that, it's difficult. We're going to have more on the forecast in just a little bit. I'm inclined to agree with uh, Will. Because Jordan Spieth, Justin no, Ray, a good stat. for me. Yeah, <laughs> one point for now. Uh, Jordan Spieth beat 278 out of the 280 players in the Masters the last mm -hmm. three years. That was compliments of our buddy Justin Ray. Yes. So he's felt put, like together, Justin Ray stat. Yeah. put together an amazing three-year run, but you forget in 2014 he hit in the water on 12, mm -hmm. as well as last year. So two out of three years, that's been his big bugaboo. There's got to be some scar tissue lingering a little bit on that hole. Nota Begay was talking about that earlier on live from the Masters. So I think if we can see Jordan Spieth actually in contention – Having to play 12, that's going to be must-see TV. Mm -hmm. Good yeah. or bad, redemption, ongoing agony, whatever storyline crops up, that's going to be what people are focused on, how he tackles what was the biggest meltdown we saw in 2016, if not in recent major history. Hey, uh, the Masters is must-see TV anyway. So. Very <laughs> the true. whole thing but is must-see TV. when you put a car crash with <laughs> the Masters, it, it, it ratchets it up a notch. Well, I mean, I feel like the Spieth thing with 12 is going to go in three stages. And the first stage was winning another tournament after that, and he did that at Colonial. Next is going to be winning any major and then the third stage is going to be winning another Masters. If he goes the next 10 years without winning a second green jacket, he will still get questions about the 12th hole That's in true. 2016. Yeah. Oh, by far. Yeah. So yeah. he's got he's to graduate through. He can talk about getting rid of the, the demons with a, a practice round in December all he wants, but it is a different ball game when you step up there with the patrons behind you when it counts. So he could get stage two and three done this week yeah, by winning Augusta National. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Winning hey, green jacket, wipe out the three why stages not? right here. You're not putting a lot of credence to what he did in December? I but, think it helps, but it doesn't, uh, yeah, it, it does not quite equate to yeah. Yeah. April. It was like Tiger Woods telling me at Bridgestone a few years ago when he shot 61 of you were you thinking about shooting 59? Oh, I've shot 59 before. And I <laughs> yeah, 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 that's the exact same as shooting it on the PGA Tour. All right, let's focus from a former world number one who's not in the field this week, Tiger Woods, to the current mm -hmm. world number one in Dustin Johnson. Trip, 
Is this DJ's tournament to lose at this point, having won three straight? I don't know if it's his tournament to lose, but I, I definitely think this is his best chance to win a green jacket. I mean, you, you've got to say that in his career for a couple of reasons. He's played well here before. He's had a couple of top tens. He, you know, he, he was a, a sixth-place finish a couple of years ago. Um, what he can do to this golf course is just amazing. What he can do to any golf course. The difference for me is why I liked him at match play versus his match play record uh, in years past is the way he's scrambling. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look at scrambling two different ways, and I look at it as um, the person who's getting up and down a lot, okay, how are they doing it? Are they chipping the ball close, or are they relying on their putter, or a little bit of both? I mean, we see different guys leading yeah. and scrambling. The best chipper is the guy who chips it closest to the hole. Well, you know who that is on the PGA Tour? Dustin Johnson. Three feet, four inches closer than average when he chips the golf ball. He's going to be chipping four times at least for an eagle at Augusta National. Okay, now, he's got very difficult chips. It's very difficult. You get in the wrong position at two to get it up and down. Very difficult at eight. But, you know, he's going to be one of those few players that can get to eight every single day, capable of it. So he's going to be up around that green every day. 13, of course, and 15 if you go over that green. Very difficult chips. But if you look at what he's doing and and, and how well he's putting, I think this is definitely his best because of, of, of the length off the tee and the short game now is a weapon. And I never thought it would be for D. Well, I think even going back a little bit further on the course to that is, is just the wedge play from 125 right. yards and in. That that if you if you try and find where the road diverged at Oakmont or around there that turned Dustin Johnson, who has always had this incredible skill set and always had the ability to overpower golf courses and turned him into an unbeatable machine, it's the wedge play that he he has been so good and so consistent, as you said, around the greens, but also with those 70, 100, 125-yard shots that he is just getting a lot closer than he used to. He's creating those birdie chances, saving par when he has to. So, I mean, the driver has been the constant for him, but it's everything else that now is falling into place, and I agree with you that he's – I don't think – I wouldn't say it's his tournament to lose because the Masters is never anyone's tournament to lose sure. unless we're yeah. talking about Tiger in 2000 and 2001, but – this is his best shot. You almost think if Jordan Spieth hadn't compiled this amazing three-year run in the Masters, that DJ would just be this overwhelming betting favorite. True. That it, he would be. But he's still not. He's as Tripp said before. He's not the only top-ranked player that's playing well right now. True, but when you've won three consecutive starts, I mean, I can't think of, off the top of my head. At last time, a guy won four starts on the PGA. And blowing so, quality fields away. Yeah, too. and it's not yeah. like he's winning. No offense to some of the events that we Uh see later in the year that I generally cover, but it's not like it's these opposite field events or something along those lines where you don't have a lot of guys in the top ten in the world rankings to do it at Riviera and then a WGC and then just to be able to keep it going in that vein. Never play the 18th hole at match play until the last last match with John Rahm. I mean, I I think back to 2014 when Rory went three in a row with the open Bridgestone PGA. If they would have had another, if the Masters was played in in late August that year, I think that you're right. He would have been in echelon unto himself. So I will at least agree with you there. I'll give my point back to you. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, And then the, the other point with Dustin Johnson, People forget he's a guy with three eagles in one round at the Masters. Yeah. He's already had a lot, a lot of, crystals. of fire. Loading up on those crystal he's goblets. He's had a lot of firepower there already. This was prior to him getting dialed in from 50 to 125 yards. So it's he's already trending in that direction where you think he's knocking at the door. This year seems to be about as good a chance as any with his current form. Does he have a weakness in his game at this moment? Is there one possible Achilles heel that could flare up where you're like, 
Uh, yeah, I'm sure Saturday the, or Sunday. The, the one that I that I do see is some of his lag putting. Is if there is a weakness and at Augusta, you're going to have some very difficult lag putts, and you're going, uh, you're going to have some areas where you're not going to be able to two putt it. But the thing about DJ is, okay, that's a weakness, but it's not going to bother him if he does. You know, I mean, that's yeah. a, that's one of his strengths. It's like he he water off his back. He doesn't care. He doesn't seem to be bothered by anything. So if there is a weakness, I would say the the, the ability to get the ball close when you've got some of those difficult third. 35 and 40 footers, which you're inevitably going to have multiple times throughout the week at Augusta. What I would say is just this is a little bit of uncharted territory for him as the world number one, as if not a clear favorite, let's say a co-favorite with Spieth. It's so often we've talked about Rory, Jason, Jordan, and those three kind of having a revolving door at the top of the world rankings, and DJ is very clearly the guy. He's taking a lead over, over four points in the world rankings into the Masters. No one other than Tiger has done that since Nick Faldo back in 93. Wow. So it's, he is in an, an echelon unto himself, and it's going to be interesting to see how he's able to react to that. The thing I like with Dustin Johnson, you see some guys who go up and get world number one. Adam Scott's a great player, but you could tell just his body language and what he said in press conferences that he wasn't comfortable each week having to answer questions about being world number one Mm -hmm. and just peppered as the guy constantly with the bullseye on his back. You've seen other players who get world number one for a week or two and kind of shirk everything that comes with it as far as not wanting to embrace that mantle. And I love how Dustin Johnson kind of ascended to it with no expectations, really. It's not like he said, this is a forefront goal of mine. This is a career goal. I want to get to world number one. He gets it, and then he validates it with two WGC wins after that. And I think he has kind of the athlete's mindset where if I'm at my best, I want people, Chase, bring it on. Like, your best is not going to beat my best. I want to see it any day of the week. And I think he's totally in the right mindset of being able to deal with all that responsibility that comes with being world number one because he's such an even keel on the golf course that if he comes up short, I think he has no problem just yeah. deflecting the question and being like, yeah, well. Okay, Another one of his strengths. Work. I mean, that's yeah. exactly right. I mean, and he has a bit of, and, and it, it, you can't put anybody in the box of Tiger. He's got a bit of intimidation. Mm-hmm. That yeah. uh, you know now with the number one Especially ranking, off the and, and I remember Jason Day um, telling uh, a friend of mine, uh, Keith Savarbro, who's the vice president of operations for TaylorMade, who's a friend of both those guys. Um, Jason Day told him, he said, "I was swinging out of my shoes trying to catch him. He, he, I, and it was so impressive. He was driving it so much better than I ever could. Coming from Jason Day, I mean, that just tells you right there. There's a bit of intimidation. I think you know Rory McIlroy can get close to that, but as far as the tee ball and now the fade, the yeah. precision of that, um, and DJ's got that that air of intimidation. And touching on uh, Rory, I mean, he was talking about how it. WGC Mexico or what was the head-to-head match play I think mm-hmm. he's yeah. like a couple times yeah. I got it by him but just to hear Rory say only a couple times in regards to anyone's a shocker yeah. so Rory obviously a former world number one every year it's here we are it's like yeah. the Jordan Spieth storyline yeah. with yeah. Rory in 2011 and that 43 on the second nine on mm-hmm. Sunday as far as uh, his odds to complete the career Grand Slam, do you like where his game is at right now going into the Masters, Will? Uh, I like where his game is at. I like the fact that we're talking about Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth to lead this this show as opposed to Rory McIlroy. I think that that helps. Listen, I don't, I don't think the Masters is ever the one you want to leave as the fourth leg of the career Grand Slam. 
Why do you say that? It's the same, same course every year. I think that's a huge advantage. I think, no, because I think that there's more going into it. I think that it's, it's almost more important for the players to win the Masters than the other four because of everything that it entails, because of the history, because the, the lifetime exemption. And the eight months of buildup does not help either. Yeah. So uh, in that respect, I think he would have, you know, he can't really pick and choose, but it would be easier if he had one of the Opens left, let's say. But this is what it is. He's got the Masters left. And... I, I think Phil would disagree with one of the others. <laughs> well, that, but the, well, no, 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 right. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just think that it's a little bit in his head. You know, I talked to Charles Schwartzel last month at the Valspar, and we were talking about Ernie Ellis playing his final Masters, but this also, he said, applied to Rory, where he, he said, as soon as something becomes a thing in the game of golf, you're battling elements that you don't even want to think about. Yeah. And we're getting to the point now with Rory where this is starting to become a thing, that if he doesn't get it, let's say in the next couple of years, he's about to turn 28, that it, it could be something where it takes on a life of its own. And again, you only get one bite at the apple every year. So to answer your question, I like where he's at, and I think that it's going to help that he's flying a little under the radar, but everything will change if he gets himself into contention over the weekend. We saw it happen last year. He really faded uh, away during the third round playing with Jordan Spieth in the last group. We'll see. No, that 77 on Saturday was not due to his putter, which is usually right. what you would suspect. It was his driver. Yeah. I mean, he drove it very poor on Saturday. I, it's not a thing yet. It's not. Okay. Uh, it may be a little bit in his head. Well, no, but here's where here's where it's going to become a thing. If we're if we're uh, seven years down the road and he's been in contention four of those years and hasn't won it, okay. Well, he has been in contention enough. That's fine. I think it's a but not really on Sunday. He uh, hasn't since, had that Sunday within yeah, two he, shots he, of the lead he, where he needs a big thirteenth well, hole or something. Well, like. he has had it when he wasn't Rory McIlroy with four majors. Right. Okay, uh, he has had it and stood on that tenth tee. He was in charge of that golf tournament. That's one. I give him one there. Mm -hmm. To your point, I'm saying a Sunday where he has a. a eight on 12 right you know things like that uh that's when i think it'll start getting in his head this golf course suits him to a t i mean uh, the beautiful right to left tee shot that he can kill he can come into two with an eight iron i mean that's a huge asset um i i think that the way he's putting the way his trend of his game yeah with the time off with the rib w w did we see any rust in mexico a little bit he finished seventh you know uh, I like where Rory McIlroy is heading in match play. I know he didn't get out of you know out of the pool play because of you know it, he didn't necessarily play that poorly. It's just he he got beat in match play, mm -hmm. which happens. But um, I think that his short game and the putting is as good as I've seen it coming in on a week to week basis. It's always been streaky, but I think it's starting to be more consistent. He's going to have that putter to rely on this year. That's why I pick him. He's my favorite. I'm sticking Ooh, with him. Ooh, there you go. Scale of 1 to 10, how good a putting week does Rory have to have to win the Masters? For him. Uh, uh, for him, uh, 7. I was going to say 7. Yeah. yeah. Do, it does not, like he does eight. not have to have a Jordan Spieth week. No. He, he needs, needs to like be a, good. An 8. For, as far as how he normally puts, his average would never get it done. At Augusta, that's the one tournament where the greens are too tricky. Well, no, he has I, to have a. He, but going back really to what Tripp was saying, this is he's playing a little bit different course, and it's like what DJ does in terms of creating opportunities with the par fives, getting to some of the longer par fours with a mid iron as opposed yep. to a long iron. Those things kind of incrementally build up over the course of seventy-two. When's holes? the last time a guy won the Masters where they had an average putting week? Um, 
You don't see people uh, overpower that course because it's soft, where it's like, well, he, you know, he just ball struck it to well, this. Like Jason Duffner, 2013 PGA. Right. You don't see that corollary. This week will be a little bit different in the fact that this could be a Zach Johnson type year, where overpar wins this golf tournament. And with, uh, I don't know with the rain, with the rain coming we'll, in. Yeah, we'll quickly hit the forecast yeah. now. This will be our halfway right. point of the uh, show. We'll meteorology. Switch, yeah. Put on your weather hat. It's supposed to rain Wednesday. You're going to have a softer. Augusta on Thursday, you, you still <laughs> not, think... Not actually soft. It never actually gets soft. <laughs> you think, okay, I, it could pour, and those greens are going to be as hard as this right here. It doesn't matter. They control nature there, okay? <laughs> they do. Yes, the fairways might be a little softer, but yeah, I, I still, a huge advantage if they are softer for a Roy McIlroy. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where it gets mm -hmm. gives him a bigger advantage. Where I think the hard part is, is his forecast to be out of the northwest, which is a wind that comes up over the trees um, from the right on 12. You cannot feel that wind. It comes up over, and where you are, you don't necessarily feel the gust. Then you hit an 8-iron up there, and it knocks it straight down into Race Creek. That's the stuff that happens at Augusta National because of the way and the beautiful design of the golf course. When you get that northwest wind, it's very difficult. 13, your second shot's playing back into a crosswind. It's extremely difficult uh, to, to hit the right club. And th that's where I think, to Dustin Johnson's strength, some goofy stuff's going to happen, but I'm not as concerned about the rain as I am the wind. And yeah. when they get that gusty at Augusta, I've played there in winds about 30 miles an hour and cold, and I can just tell you your golf ball's flying all over the place. You hit a shot from 11 uh, up on top of that hill, and you think you hit a beautiful shot, and it goes left of the creek, you know, because it's <laughs> like, or I mean, left of the pond over there. Because, and it's like, how did that happen? Those things happen at Augusta National, in particular with that wind. I don't know what else to add there. I mean, that's that's uh, a pretty a good filibuster. Yeah, that is a pretty astute <laughs> point. I, I agree. I mean, I go back to what we saw last year with when the winds kick up. I was believing either Friday or Saturday that we saw no one break 70 at that golf course, right. which you yeah. almost never see at a major championship or even at a Masters. That that yes, the, they have put more money than I will ever see in my life into that sub air system and they can get it as firm or as soft as they want in terms of tee to green and even on the putting surfaces but you can't control the fans up above and that is that is one element that yet. could prove interesting. They not figured that out yet. We could, do, we could build the dome right <laughs> if they built the new media center time. we can build a dome. Yeah. So with the forecast in mind and the winds kicking up there's that crop of 20-somethings. Justin Thomas already has three wins this year. Hideki Matsuyama had that great run. You can throw in Daniel Berger, Brooks Kepka, John Rahm, Ricky Fowler. Of those guys, Thomas Peters. Thomas yep. Peters. Who do you think has the best chance to be in contention given the conditions as well? Well, uh, logic would say, I mean, Justin Thomas hasn't played very well mm -hmm. uh, since he left Hawaii. Um, he's had uh, brief spurts of good play, but I... I, I I, you got to say John Rahm. I, I know you're on the fence about John Rahm a little bit, but just the, the record and his overall, there is no weakness in that game. He's, right. he's so talented. And the meteoric rise in the world rankings um, all point to, to a John Rahm of the first-timers. I do like Thomas Peters, though. I think he's a sneaky one that, that can pop up and play this golf course well. He plays difficult tests well. He's got plenty of length, and he's got a ton of confidence right now. But uh, I'm going to, of the 20-somethings of the and uh, even a first-timer, I'm going with John Rahm. I do like your Thomas Peters point. And, and in terms of John Rahm, I, I think that John Rahm is as good as everyone has talked about in the last few weeks and months. I think he's going to win ten times on tour. I think he's going to win multiple majors. But in terms of – Ten wins? 
That's oh, yeah. It. Yeah. North of, uh, North. at least, yeah. Oh, I was going to say minimum. Like, you're just. Uh, 10 plus. Let's, yeah. Oh, okay, let's, okay. Yeah, I, I knew He's what got he meant. one. I let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of this week, I think that we've gotten a little ahead of ourselves. That he's down to 20 to 1 odds at a lot of shops in Vegas. Equal odds with guys like Phil. It's lower odds than Bubba Watson, Adam Scott, two former champions. I know Bubba's not playing that well, but it's still Bubba at the Masters. I think that there's still going to be a little bit of a learning curve coming into his first Masters. You know, playing as well as he did in Austin, backing it up last week in Houston. You can't ask for anything more from his game. But it's just going to be a matter of, is he able to execute on that first time. We yeah. saw Spieth do it in 2014, and that is by far the anomaly. So many talented players have come to Augusta, and they've needed two, three, four years to get their feet under them. I don't know that John Rahm is exempt from that rule, and so when we're building power rankings or, or odds that have Rahm at, at fifth or sixth of the entire field and ahead of Phil, ahead of Justin Rose, ahead of Adam Scott, I think that the hype has exceeded a little bit of the performance in terms of this week. I would in be inclined to go the other direction. As far as fifth, I, I get the point that you're making. I, I think he should definitely firmly be in the top ten. As far yeah, as yeah, yeah. betting favorites, I think maybe like six to eighth or something. All right, so if you go straight up, do you want Rom or Phil this week? What, what are the odds differential? Same. They're both 20 to 1. Yeah, you take I, Phil. I'd probably go Phil. Right. But who's been playing better the last Rahm. two months? Do you want Rom or Adam Scott? I'd probably Rom. take Rom. You'd take Rom? Yeah, I would. Over Adam Scott. Not over Justin Rose, though. Throw okay. Justin right. Rose in there. Right. No way. I, right. I think Justin Rose is, is going to contend this week. Right. But it's scary so, that you can make a viable case to take John Rom over Adam well, Scott. Well, the guy is, as you point out, he is ranked 12th in the world. He has had a meteoric run through the last nine or ten months since he turned pro. It's amazing to think that not only at last year's Masters, but at last year's U.S. Open, he's still an amateur at Arizona State. So. Yeah. So he is by far ahead of any sort of learning curve that we could have put out for him on the PGA Tour. I'm not sure that this week he's going to be able to just come and, and snatch a green jacket. And the average uh, world rank of Masters champions is 12. There you go. There you go. So there's a little and the I mean, for you. The confidence is absolutely there. You know, talking to him last week in Houston, he's, he's well aware of the lack of first-timer success at the Masters. And he said, well, you know, first-timers aren't supposed to win at Torrey Pines either. And he's, he's right that you hadn't right. had a first-timer since Arnold Palmer yep. win the Farmers Insurance Open. He pulled it off with that incredible back nine. So he's got the chops. He's got the confidence. I definitely think he's the cream of the crop among the first-timers. Just not sure that I'm willing to put him in that really upper echelon. You know who was ranked 12th last year? Danny Willett. <laughs> Someone did their just homework. Saying. Someone just did their saying. homework. Just something to throw out there. All of the other 20-somethings, uh, I mean, I, John Rahm would be the guy that I would yeah, yeah. I would most likely throw a little stack on. But another kind of under-the-radar guy who was 12th going into Shell Houston Open who had a bad week is Patrick Reed. I know his game's been kind of scattershot this year, but no yeah. one's talking about him. And you it's keep true. wondering, like, when's he finally going to have that major performance where he gets a top 10? And I yeah. think it's great because he has no pressure on him right now. That but, yeah, but the thing, the knock on him for me was, uh, yeah, you look at the last two majors he played, he had his best two majors ever at the, the Open last year in the PGA. They weren't top 10s, but they yeah. were top 15s. Yes. And then you go to the Ryder Cup, and you're like, wow, this guy's going to carry this momentum over. I was the one saying it. I said it multiple times at the end of 2016. I That's said, Patrick going to have a great year. He hadn't finished in the in the top He's ten this year. I mean, it, it's um, doesn't have to, that have to be one of the biggest fallacies though? The Ryder Cup momentum carryover. Every time we hear a guy who has a big well, Ryder but, Cup, 
And then it's so hard to sustain that, though, like six months later when he's grinding to make a cut. But it's not like, but he hasn't, but he wasn't able to sustain it for three weeks. He he didn't put anything together in the fall that could build momentum into Hawaii, that could build into the West Coast. Three weeks, that's September to January. That's three months. I mean, it's a... All right. I'm saying he didn't he didn't do anything in the fall that made you that made you stand out and say, hey, look, look at what Hideki Matsuyama did at that same time. If, if you yeah. had seen Patrick Reed go out and win in China and really play well at Tiger's event in in the Bahamas, things would have changed. But I agree with you, Trip. I'm just not sure where he's at right now. And I don't know that Augusta National is the place you can really yeah, go to turn time. your game around. But, you know, Patrick Reed, Justin Thomas, Hideki Matsuyama, there are no shortage of big names. Yeah who are kind of wobbling into the Masters. You know some of them are going to keep wobbling, but someone is going to find a way to, to work their way into leaderboard. That's just the 20-somethings. We haven't even touched on the best without a major. Sergio Garcia, yeah. Lee Westwood. I will say before, elder tier, so. before we before we go on, I, I think Daniel Berger is a guy to watch this week. Okay. Yeah, tied, for 10th, that's, that's... tied for 10th last year when he was coming off a wrist injury from the match play. Played really well, closing 66 uh, Sunday in Houston. Much like John Rahm, does not lack for confidence. I think that he could be a guy that really sneaks in there if you're looking for the, the mid-range player. How old's uh, T- Terrell Hatton? Because he's playing some fantastic golf. He, he definitely qualifies, yeah. 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 I mean, he's a guy, watch It's out amazing to think that he has risen into the top 15 in the world ranking with one win. He, he won the Dunhill Link. He's top five every exactly. week. That's what you got to do. If you're, if you're not going to win, you've got to be T4, T7, T9, and, and he's doing. done it. Every Whether it's majors, star. WGCs, big-time European yeah. tour events, played well at the Honda a couple weeks back. Yep. He could be a gut watch. That's a very polite disregard for the last question that I just threw at you, Will. So I'll move on to we, the next no, one. No, no, no. We'll come back to it now. I wanted to get <laughs> no, my no, point no, no, in. Get back I to me. I'll see myself in. out. Okay, you got in your point. So uh, you know what? We'll just not care about Sergio, Sergio and Lee Westwood. And it seems like Sergio the 20 seconds have more cachet. Sergio is in a different category than Lee Westwood, I think. I think Sergio very much still has a chance to win a major. Uh, and I don't think that Lee Westwood. So thinks. Lee Westwood chips in for Eagle last year and is what one off the lead, and he has no chance at winning a major now. If you I, listen, if, if we're grading on a percentage scale of, of how confident are you that Sergio is ever going to win a major, it's much higher for me yeah. than it is with Lee. Any Westwood. name over thirty that sticks out to you, where you're like, you know what, their, their game's rounded in form. It's just all the twenty somethings who have No, 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 no. Um, millennials, George. It's yeah, all about millenn- the well, Alex Noren. I mean, he's a he's a, a see, he had a great last year. Let's see if he carries it in. Now we're going see the first major he's played in after having that kind of great year where he won multiple times in Europe um, he's certainly one of those guys that a lot not a lot of people would think of Paul Casey's another one that's yes. my dark horse I mean, for the yeah. Paul, Paul Casey, Casey is it finished fourth last year mm-hmm. a great iron player great in difficult conditions the thing you look at he's he's about a smidge away of playing like he was going into the playoffs where he finished second second fourth the last three yeah. events um, uh, of the tour at the tour championship and and I think that he He's, he's when he gets on those kind of streaks, he carries it in. He he can play very difficult tests well. He's played well here in the past. I think Paul Casey's one of those guys that's not on a lot of people's radar, and I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him on the leaderboard Sunday. We had uh, Jordan Spieth win it as a 21-year-old opposite end of the spectrum. Phil Mickelson could become the oldest mm-hmm. yep. Masters champion if he were able to win this year. Jack, of course, with the record just over 46 years old and 86, Phil turns 47 in June, so he's got a few months of ahead of where Jack was at in 1986. What do you gauge of Phil's at? I, I've always said this, and I say this every year, I don't care what Phil's done prior to April, that second week in April when he takes a right down Magnolia Lane off Washington Road. Phil becomes Phil, and he's... 
his Mickelson-ness comes out more at this place than ever because, and he said it, I don't have to play perfect here. I don't feel like I can, you know, I have to drive it perfect. I, I let it go. I, I, you know, I can recover if I get out of position. He knows how to recover, too. See, that's the other thing that Augusta, the, the conundrum that the players faces is such a fine line. If you walk on, uh, on the right side of it, you can make birdies and eagles. You walk on the wrong side of it, you've got no chance of, of getting up and down or a two-putt even. Phil knows that line, and he, when he gets out of position, he plays the percentages. Even if it's to miss a green, he misses it in the right spot. And, you know, I, I, I go back to that interview that he did with David Faraday talking about that iron, that six iron he mm -hmm. hit on, um, uh, at, on the 13 out of the pine straw. It's how his mind works. It's amazing. He goes, you know, the the lofted club, it, it would spin up, and it could, when the pine needles, it would hit it and loft up, and then it could possibly hit the tree. He said the percentage play was actually to go for it because I was hitting a draw. My miss would be long and right, which is the way the angle of the creek goes. He said, you know, and if I missed it a little, uh, came out of it, it was to the left, which was a safe play. That's perfect. And, and then when you throw in how he's putting this year, very similar to how he was putting in 2013, week-to-week uh, -week consistency. Yeah. And I talked about DJ's proximity to the hole when he's chipping. Well, proximity to the hole when you're in bunkers and all combined, throw chipping in, Phil's second. Yeah. So we've always known the short game's there, and but statistically it never um, bore out. But it is this year. He's, he's getting the ball close to the hole, and he's getting it up and down. I, it's hard not to like Phil this week. I, I definitely agree. Listen, George, as you said, Jordan Spieth seems to be a different player when you get to Augusta National. He's able to turn it on, and Phil is the exact same way. He's playing chess. Everyone else is playing checkers on that golf course. As confident as I am that he will never win a U.S. Open, I am equally confident, if not more, that he is going to get a fourth green jacket. Wow, that's, he will break at some point. Wow. He is he is going to break. That's a good take. He is going to break Nicholas's record, whether it's this year, whether it's when he's fifty. I don't care. He's going to win this golf tournament again. He just it's it's a place and a player that mesh so well. His game sets up great for it. We've talked before about how the it, some of the greens and some of the shots tend to favor the left-handed players. Mm -hmm. Phil is a great example of that. He's going to get that fourth green jacket. It's just a matter of when. Okay. Final selections. Are there any storyline that we missed that you guys quickly want? Yeah, the guy that's going to win the golf tournament. Oh! That was our... It was Roy McIlroy. It's Justin Rose. Justin I, Rose. I, I, putting I, all your chips in on Justin Rose? He's, if, he's put, if he's shoving on Roy McIlroy, i got to shove on someone. I will take Justin Rose. That is... I, no, I look, I'm not... That is a great pick. And he's... A lot of people are, wouldn't be picking Justin Rose at all. He is uh, trending in the right direction. And um, I talked to his caddy, Mark Fulcher, at... Um, at Bay Hill, and he said, you know what, my guy is, mm -hmm. this is a good year for Justin. I think he's really embracing the under-the-radar aspect. Finished second in Hawaii, fourth at Torrey, fourth at Riviera. He's playing some great golf that no one is noticing, yep. and I think he is absolutely fine with that. And he's played well at this course before. Two years ago, finished second, would have won all but a handful of Masters when Jordan Spieth went and, and set every record, played really well. Last week in Houston, he feels confident with the putter. So many of these guys that we talk about, the issue is going to be on the greens, whether it's Stenson, Matsuyama. Justin Rose falls in that category, but he's putting again with that claw grip. He's really feeling comfortable with it. I think this is the week he gets it done. I'm looking for some chalk because I'm going with Dustin Johnson. Okay. So oh. <laughs> to throw on the table. Hey, those are three great picks. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to go against... DJ, I mean, it's not, it, we've already made the case at nauseum, so it's not like I have some secret formula that I'm trying to rub <laughs> together to say, oh, okay, he's going to win because of this, that, or the other. If the conditions are, as you say, they're going to be, Dustin Johnson's already won a major at the U.S. Open. He's handled difficult conditions. His game's about 
in as good a shape as it's ever going to be. So if he's going to continue this trend of being a dominant number one and really cement himself as the most dominant number one we've seen since Tiger in his prime, then this would be the next step for it to happen. But it's like picking a needle in the haystack for us to try and... <laughs> What's the dream pairing you want to see on Sunday in the final uh, Spieth and Rory. I think that so would be... So you don't even want your guy in the final group where you pick to win it? Well, he can come from two shots behind, but <laughs> I'm just, I, you asked me who's going to win, but if, yeah. I, if I'm drawing up, if we're playing dream scenarios, yep. I think that Spieth and McElroy, they played last year in the final pairing on Saturday, but getting them in the final group on Sunday where you have Spieth with all of his baggage from last year, you have Rory going for the last leg of the career grand slam, yeah. that would be everything I could ask for. Ali, my dream uh, final pairing, I, I, I got to go Rory and DJ. Also a good answer. That would be amazing to watch those two and how they would attack that golf course and, and both of them have a chance to win. That would be a good one. I'd yeah. like to see Phil and Spieth. There yeah. you go. See, you can't go wrong. This, no, is, this, is, this is what's great about the Masters. Any, you put any hypothetical in there and it's like, yeah, yeah that's that, sounds, good. that sounds good. <laughs> I'd good. sign up for that. And then real quick at the end, write your sun, Sunday headline right now. Was it? Don't give me the lamb like rose in full bloom or something. Yeah, I was gonna get rose. <laughs> the rose turns green or something. I mean, uh, England's on a winning streak. How about that? Okay. McElroy slams the door. Oh, that's a much better headline. There How about that? Yeah. D- DJ number one. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Write like that in chalk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just DJ chalk. Period. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys, uh, as always, looking forward to it. We'll, we'll be here uh, all Masters week. So the 81st edition about to get underway for Will Gray, Trip Eisenhower. I'm George Savarikis. Thanks so much for joining us on the Golf Channel Podcast.